What's up and welcome to the Invincibly Broken Podcast, a weekly talk show hosted by your boys, Orlando and Julian, talking about today's society, their family lives, and anything they damn well please. So sit back, relax, turn up the volume, and enjoy the show. Julian, how masculine do you feel today? I feel about as masculine as an overly feminine man can be. <laughs> I'm glad you identify yourself as an overly feminine man. I mean, whipped, feminine, whatever. I mean, whatever, whatever works for you. Whatever, exactly. The reason why I ask you about your masculinity, I know that it's a topic that's been very popular over the last few years and it's a uh, it's something that that has kind of been baked into young men's mind i mean further young men like from being a little boy to adolescence where we we as men are always told to be men right and i thought it'd be a good idea to chit chat about that a little bit and kind of talk about the term masculinity what it means and this idea of toxic masculinity that has become very popular over the last few years. I like it. With that being said, so I guess the best place to really start with this is what is, I guess, what, what's your definition of being a man, Julian? I mean, okay, let's, let's take a step back. What is the definition of being a man that you grew up knowing? Not what you know today, but what you knew back then. Well, I mean, you know, just like in, and, and this is, I'm pretty sure that this is very common theme, um, just anywhere. But I think I, I've noticed growing up, it's, it's very prevalent in uh, the Latin cultures, the Hispanic mm -hmm. cultures, where they definitely, the men are the hunters, the women are the gatherers. Mm -hmm. And the man is the one that's supposed to provide for his family and he's the protector. And, you know, the woman is the one that takes care of the family mm -hmm. in the sense that, you know, she's the one that cooks, she's the one that cleans, maintains the house and basically um, just, you know, is there to tend for the man. I agree with you as far as the Hispanic culture is concerned. But I also think that it's it runs deep in a lot of other cultures as well um being manly the the whole uh being able to i agree with you being able to provide for your family being head of household things of that nature i think some other things that come into mind are you know suffering suffering of pain and silence whether that's emotional pain or even physical pain right suck it up uh walk it off cowboy up nut up right i'm sure all those things You've heard a million times in your life, um, man's not supposed to have any needs, right? We can do whatever we want. We, we're good. Like, I'm fine. I don't need anything. Um, showing emotion is a no-no, right? And when I, when I mean emotion, I mean, you know, crying, being sad, giggling because you're happy, you know, things to that, showing empathy, sympathy, you know, the only emotions that, that are okay is like showing your bravado or getting angry or something to that or maybe even laughing and you know dependency i think is a big thing as well like you know being able to show that you can't you don't have to be dependent um with uh with anybody right i mean i know i don't know about you but i'm sure i'm i'm sure you've probably heard the stories maybe from your uncles or your dad about well, I was out of my house when I was 15 years old, and I used to walk five miles to work, and then another 65 miles back home to 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 put food on the table or whatever the 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 stories are. But it's just always been a thing of not being able to show a weakness. I guess you can say that a lot of violence, some violence, is is ingrained into that masculinity, depending maybe on on how you were raised, or I don't even say raise, but maybe with the as you grow up with other boys and men around you, 
and um and yeah like that i think i think that's that's been the definition of manhood for for me i, I kind of agree with you and yeah um yeah very similar um i, I don't want to go and say that it's just not showing any, any emotion or anything like that because you know even the ones that i've seen that are still have that very prevalent masculinity or even toxic masculinity you know they'll show their emotions like you know they, they love their children but you know mm -hmm. the hug is no more than like two seconds yeah yeah it's like all right mijo, i can't show you this because then you turn into a homo and then, <laughs> you know because they get all emotional about it but yeah i mean i i definitely agree that that for a very long time that was kind of like the cookie cutter definition answer in a can if you will mm -hmm. of what a man is supposed to be um, I mean, some extremes about the violent nature, I, I think it just, in, in many cases, it led up to that. And well, I don't know about that. Like, I mean, we could talk about that a little bit as far as the violent. And when I say violence, I don't mean like this overbearing rage, but like, let's take, uh, for an example, like, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've had friends growing up and, you know, boys will be boys. And we rough we have a tendency to rough house um we have a tendency to while playing games or even um shooting the shit you might say something that might provoke another person and then that person's like well fuck you and then you're like well no fuck you and then the people that you're with are like you should slap the shit out of that guy and then everybody's egging everybody on for the act of violence to happen okay. for a fight to happen okay, that, okay. that's so what that's that, what i'm that, saying that's what you meant okay well mm -hmm. no yes yes absolutely because it's all about that pride that you know beating on my chest and mm -hmm. as as they might as well just go into every corner pee on it mm -hmm. to mark their territory and, and you're just being challenged yeah absolutely and, and then but that also as a young man grows up i mean that can lead to violent tendencies yes if absolutely. especially if you if you find somebody that you know, mentally isn't strong and they feel like they have to over overcompensate with violence to get their point across. Correct. And, and then, you know, that obviously could bleed into, you know, their relationship with their spouses or, or any, any, any relationship with the opposite sex or same sex or, and their children when they have kids. So that's why I wanted to bring it up because it's, it, I think it's, I think it's there, you know, I know, um, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, did your dad, was your, when you growing up, did your dad be like you can't be a punk if someone puts their hands on you you need to put your hands back and make sure that you do double the damage so with that remember my my, my father passed away when i was very very young mm -hmm. uh, i was like seven years old mm -hmm. so never really got to that um i'm kind of blessed yes my father was the disciplinarian mm -hmm. so whenever we acted up he was the disciplinarian but I never knew my father to be, I, he was a manly man. I mean, he mm -hmm. could build anything, super smart, you mm -hmm. know, hey, dad, I want a pinwheel. And he made me a pinwheel that had a motor. So that's kind of, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, that's a good he dad. Was, he was that's a, a good dad. and all that stuff. But also, now, if you ever see a picture of my mom and my dad, my dad was a very tall, very thin man. My mm -hmm. mom and her youth, was a very strong woman and mm -hmm. um and she did the typical you know she stayed home she cooked she cleaned my father worked and all that stuff but i always knew in the back of my my father's you know head that if he ever raised his hand against my mom she was gonna beat the shit out of him. but my case is a little bit different it's not typical um I, I do know some of my friends growing up that their fathers were definitely the that's not not only were they the disciplinarians, they were basically judge, jury, and executioner in that household. Yeah, and and it's true. I mean, my mom was the disciplinarian at at our house for sure, and my dad was definitely the more easygoing. But you know, I I also think that my dad also had, you know, he definitely had that bravado, that macho in him, and I think he softened up over the years. But you know, I mean, he never really. I don't want to say pushed that agenda 
on us, but it was definitely something that we didn't talk about. Like we didn't talk about our feelings. I didn't, I've never talked about my feelings with my father. You know, I never talked about being sad. I do remember quite a few times getting upset or crying when I was young playing sports and he'd be like, I need you to be, I need you to be a man and get, and get out there and, and, and finish the game or whatever, or, you know, you know, boys don't cry, men don't cry, you know, things, things of that nature. And so, yeah. Uh, on that one, I do. Uh, I'm I'm 100 with you on that one. My dad was the same way. I mean, I me. Mean, he had, uh, I guess, for all terms and purposes, he had that masculinity, but it just wasn't toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, no, not, I don't he think he did not want my mom to work. You know, he still kind of felt that, you know, the 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 woman's place was, you know, it's not that he was trying to keep her barefoot and mm-hmm. pregnant, mm-hmm. but she was, you know, the home Susie homemaker. Yeah. And then he was the breadwinner. But some people might call that toxic masculinity. And, you know, it's man something up. that, huh? Man, man up. up. Man up. <laughs> um, some might call it uh, toxic masculinity, you know. And, and as always, you know, people draw a line in the sand and you have to choose a side of what you're on. And I don't, I don't, and, and you and I have talked about this a little bit before we started recording. I don't think that either one of us are dismissing toxic masculinity or the stigma of masculinity or being a man, because I mean, we're men. We grew up with that message that you had to be a man. And it's funny, right? Because you think about it. I, and, and, and answer me this, Julian, I think I go back and I start to think about living my life as, as a, as a child. And I heard the phrase, all the time be a man you got to be a man got to be a man you know got to be a man grow a pair you know whatever 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 way you want to slice it that's the that's the end term that came up but nobody gave me the instruction manual on how to be a man right because i don't know about you man but i i personally think i didn't i didn't really get this whole manhood thing it probably probably it's my by late into my late twenties that I really understood what, what I thought, what being a man is. like. One of the things that I think, and I'm, um, it, it, it's a generational thing. Cause obviously we grew up in, uh, uh, one time and, and, and just like you said, it, this is what we're taught, you know, like even like my, my dad, he, he was, he used to joke around a lot and, you know, Thinking back at it, I, I would laugh, but now I'm thinking and I'm thinking about the, the, the conversation that we're having and I'm like, oh, that's kind of fucked up. Um, he used <laughs> to, you know, if you fall and you would get hurt and you were like, ow, and then you're like, uh, um, or, or no, actually, no, not hurt. But like if you're, if, if we were playing catch outside with the ball mm-hmm. and, you know, we had one of those dainty throws because we don't know how to throw a fucking ball yet. Yeah. And he would say. Otra vez, tíralo como cuando eras hombre. Like, he would say, like, <laughs> throw it like when you used to be a man. I'm like, God damn. And, and you know, we'll laugh about it. We I'm, don't I'm five. It, but now I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> or if you get pegged playing Little League, I know they, uh, I'm pretty sure you play Little League yeah, baseball. Yeah, of course. You, you know, and, and the coach, you know, throws an 80 mile per hour and you get pegged and you're like, oh, you're five. And he's right like, man the, up. Right in, right in the butt cheek. That always, that was the worst, man. Getting hit right in the butt cheek by and, baseball. And they're telling you, come on, man up. Man up. Walk it come off. On, walk, and you're like, walk it off. God. And you, you know, you Just go home and second. got a welt. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I'm five. Yeah. My, you know, it, it's funny because like, I, I remember, it's funny because I played sports excessively throughout my life. And you're right. Like, I still remember. I'm st- I'm I'm hearing the the voices of all my coaches telling me the same thing. Get up, stop. You know, don't be a pussy. You know, get get back up, get on the field. You, your ankle hurts, get up and walk it off. You're seeing stars, be a man. Get up and walk it off. Are you hurt or are you injured? Yeah, exa- exactly, exactly. And I and mind you, this is like from the ages of like seven to eighteen, and I have a whole different. I, I have a whole different perspective on on young on children's sports and stuff like that as far as I think some some in some cases is borderline child abuse what some parents and coaches put the children through but that's for another time and another episode you know I do but I do remember like I I remember this one time I think I was probably like 11 and I've always been a big a big kid like I I'm 6 foot now 
but I've been six feet since I was 14 years old. I haven't grown an inch since that. So, you know, my, my, my family thought I was going to be like the next LeBron James probably, uh, which then obviously did not happen. But, um, so I do remember specifically one time, you know, when we were in Boy Scouts and we were playing basketball and the, all the, everybody's like younger siblings were there playing basketball too. And I don't know what happened. Something happened like in, on the other side of the court and my, and one kid pushed another kid, but the kid was significantly older than the little boy that he pushed. So of course the little boy started crying and my dad's like, you know, my dad can't go whoop the shit out of an 11 year old because you can go to jail for that. But so what does he do? He's like, why don't you pick on somebody your own size? like my son and i'm like whoa at that point i had never been in a fist fight before <laughs> so i was like wait hold up bro this guy is not my arbiter like i don't <laughs> i don't i don't know him <laughs> he does not speak for me but um we didn't thankfully i never i had never got into i didn't get into that fight but you know it put me in an awkward situation and i still remember that thinking like what the fuck was my father thinking like now as a dad i i would never pin my kid up to a fight. I'd be like, no, you need to go over there and whoop his ass. No, I, I think I would take other measures before I would, before I would um, draft my son to, to, to get into a fist fight with someone. And it's actually, um, it's, it's not funny, but, you know, yeah, funny you mentioned that because that's, mm -hmm. I, I believe that that's one of the things that comes with that real toxic masculinity is it, it's bullying it, it literally is bullying yeah. somebody else like another a little boy another boy a young man or an older man is literally bullying into doing something that it's you know perhaps maybe something that they've never done not accustomed mm -hmm. to or mm -hmm. don't know how to and then because this person's being bullied uh, now they got to go do and th do this thing and you know whatever the, the the consequences whether they get their ass beat or you know it, it, it it's not who they are mm -hmm. and then you know it, it, that can actually weigh on somebody's conscience like uh, you know for growing up I got my ass kicked on a regular basis but if somebody bullied me into punching somebody I, I just did not like violence I'm not a violent person mm -hmm. um, I got into one fight one time and I punched the kid in the face um, and I felt like dog shit I, I i was the emotional one my brother was the big you know big dude. i was i was the nerdy i was the emotional one uh overly dramatic and i felt i felt horrible because that it, it just wasn't me that's not yeah. what i did yeah it's a good point you bring up about bullying i think you're right i think a lot of people when you raise children a lot of people don't realize Kids are like sponges, right? Like they literally just take everything that you say and then they kind of interpret it their own way, right? As parents, you have to be conscious of what you say and what the, how they repeat it back to you and how they act out towards it, right? Because you're molding a young man or a woman to fit into society. And, you know, I'm not one to give parental advice. I'm not that type of person, like, but... At the same time, you have to be hyper aware because, you know, specifically my son, he wants to do everything I do. He repeats everything I say. If I joke around and maybe I might like, like slap him in the face, like joking around, he'll slap me back, but he slaps me hard. And I'm like, bro, you need to chill out. You just hit daddy. And he's like, uh, you hit me. You can see in his face. He's like, you hit me first. But I'm like, you know, but how do you explain to a two-year-old that, no, 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 daddy's just playing. But he interprets it as showing affection and showing love. And then if those type of behaviors aren't corrected at an early age, that it's not acceptable to show love and affection by hitting somebody, it could become something worse later on. Well, well not only that, but if, he's, if you're explaining to him that you just smack them and you're like saying oh no daddy's playing who's to say he's not gonna go into when he goes to school and he's gonna play exactly you know, and, he, and he pimp slaps another kid <laughs> with baby powder <laughs> <laughs> give me your chocolate milk it's something that that is definitely continues to be in the back of my mind especially with my son you know because 
I think over the last decade, a lot of this masculinity or toxic masculinity has been brought to the forefront, right? Like you've had the Me Too movement, you've had corporate organizations start to begin softening their approaches when it comes to coaching and dealing with individuals. Um, I think as a whole, our society has been more accepting of things that were related with being less of a man, like homosexuality, um, you know, not working out like it, you know, now you can be a gamer and you, the, you, the man, if you're sitting on a couch making, you know, hundred thousand dollars playing a video game and letting people watch you, um, even maybe even a career like this, like a creative, like being a podcaster or being a influencer or any type, an artist, a musician, a dancer was always associated with not being a man. And I think society has softened up to that. But I fear, my biggest fear is to raise a scumbag. You know what I mean? And, and that's always in the back of my head. You know, I have girls. Mm-hmm. I have yeah. three daughters. And the last thing I want is for her to hook up with some scumbag. Mm-hmm. You know of, course. of course. So it, it's definitely something that's been brought up. Um, it, it's been more, been um, more publicized, a lot mm-hmm. of these things. And I think one of the, um, and, and this is going to sound kind of off topic, but, you know, things like sexual harassment, sexual assault, the majority of them, yes, are women because they're the ones that come forward. Mm-hmm. Men are sexually assaulted and sexually assaulted as well, but because of that masculinity, that shame that they feel, oh my God, I just got a sexually assaulted, I got you know, raped, mm-hmm. God forbid. Mm-hmm. And because of that, most likely that toxic masculinity can make them feel less of a man, they do not come forward. Absolutely. I, the perception is absolutely the reason why a lot of men don't do that. Um, and you know, you're expected to smile and, and laugh it off, you know, and, you know, I've never, I've, I've personally have never been sexually harassed in the workplace. I'm, I'm really trying to think hard, but no, I'm going to say, I'm going to go with a hard no, but you know, I've been places before where women make really inappropriate comments to me, uh, like hello. legit, like, Cairo. like, like, the, yeah, uh, not not even at Cairo, just in general, like even in professional settings, like I, at, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 I can't name when and where, but I, I have been told I was delicious, that they want to eat me up. Uh, let's have an Orlando sandwich. And then, you know, me admitting this to you now, and I'm sure we'll have a hundred listeners listen to this and be like the fuck is wrong with that? Stop being a bitch. You should have let her take a bite of the sandwich. No. No, you cannot bite my fucking sandwich. That's my sandwich. <laughs> you know? Like, it's not, it's not appropriate. I am not something that you can just have because I'm a man. And you think all men should run around with a little rocket sticking out like a dog humping things left and right. You know? Uh, it's, uh, you know, I... <laughs> You know, there are some guys out there that are just like that. You got to spray them with a hose to get them away from from people of the opposite sex. But it's it's not appropriate. You know, and um, you had sent me some videos about Terry Crews, uh, an actor. He's the host of uh, America's Got Talent now. And he's on, what was it, Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Brooklyn Nine-Nine and the um, Expendables. Expendables, yeah. And, and you know, he, he talks a lot about that, about his... He he got criticized quite a bit when he came out and talked about exactly what you said regarding sexual assault with with men in specifically in the the world of Hollywood in that community. Yes, and yeah, and he did take a little bit of criticism, but he stood his ground. And I mean, when it comes to these things, but not only that. Prior to that, he actually had another video, which you can look it up. I, I try to find it. And, and he talked about how his toxic masculinity almost made him lose his family because he was, you know, he was an NFL athlete, regardless of how long his, his career was or how mm-hmm. short his career was. You know, he's been an actor for a long time, very successful, very funny, everybody. And then when I saw this video about Terry Crews, you know, treating his wife 
pretty much like dog shit and because he's the man and he's successful and he's providing this you know very good life for his family it was okay for him until the one time that he cheated on his wife and then i guess at that point he just kind of felt like oh this is not the right thing he confessed to his wife and his wife kicked him out yeah yeah they, and, uh, and and that's when you come to grips with that like and that he he compared himself to in that particular video to a friend because i guess they were doing the longest yard with adam sandler who's also a very successful actor but he mm -hmm. has got a wonderful uh family in his because he doesn't prescribe to that toxic masculinity and that's one of the things that kind of made him become friends because kind of adam sandler kind of uh helped him guide through to get away from that mindset but that later led on to him that incident that happened at the party and then he came forward and then he's actually been very active with like the me too movement and things like that and even so much like i know we're talking about the lives of famous people but even like if we bring it if we bring it back down to you know the average american you know there's a lot of situations that things like this happen all the time right like maybe the maybe you know the man is the the husband or 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 the man is the is the major breadwinner in the house right or maybe the wife is a stay-at-home wife and he feels entitled that he should just be able to do whatever he wants and you know and it could be from his upbringing um the situations that he's been in over the last few years and no one's no one till just recently really has challenged these type of ideas and it's it's something that needs to be talked about for a lot of reasons one you just can't change somebody right and just because we have this cancel culture now where everyone wants to point the finger and be like that guy's a douche that guy's an asshole you know, this guy, you know, whatever. And everybody, you know, should should be held accountable for their actions. But it's something that just can't change with the snap of your finger, right? You know, it's up to myself and you and for all you people out there listening as parents to help beat the curve, right? To start teaching our children and our especially our young men that and boys that what it's what it should be like to be a man and you know i think i think it's something that a lot of people don't realize right that everyone wants to shoot you everybody wants to 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 attack and to be like he's an evil person because he said that or you know people want to attack you because you might have had a certain thought for a while and they don't give you the opportunity to change or to apologize or even apologizing is not enough like i don't know what you can possibly do nowadays to redeem yourself for something you might have done in the past yeah no and and you know it's just with with a lot of the things that are, are are happening in in our culture this period not just in this country but just this you know our culture our civilization our species you know it, these are some of the, those things that, mm -hmm. that it, again we have to it, it all starts with that conversation and it's and it has to be a hard conversation because um you know people you know many people you know it's kind of like when they talk about the difference between you know nature versus nurture you know obviously yeah. you know uh, children especially grow up to be how they are yeah some might be prone to this and, and there's nothing that the parent can do but for the most part you know if you teach you know it, it, your your children will be how you raise them mm -hmm. okay but with that being said let me ask you a question now we, mm -hmm. we talked about the toxic masculinity we talked about how our early perception of toxic masculinity you even said that you know you didn't really understand grasp the concept of what it is to be really a man mm -hmm. until your 20s now that you are a, a husband now that you're a father what do you feel is the definition? So what is the definition of being a man, right? I think, like I mentioned before, I think about this a lot because I, I do have a son. I want him to grow up to be a good man. I do find value in teaching my children to be tough, both my son and my daughter. And I, I do agree 
with teaching my teaching my children not to be soft and to stand up for themselves and if they have to defend themselves whether it's verbally or physically depending on the on whatever that situation is and and I and I think that I I know what those situations are that I can teach them when it's appropriate to do that um I think being a man is to understand your feelings right you want to as a man want to understand your what love is for yourself your self confidence your the fact that you have you have the ability to be a role model um a figure within your community and you can do that many ways you can you can be in touch with your your personal feelings you can be empathetic and sympathetic and you can be kind and it's okay to cry or it's okay to talk about having down times or being depressed or feeling sad about something you know i would never think my son is less of a man because he wanted to play chess versus playing baseball or if my son said i really want to be a cheerleader instead of playing basketball and you know I think that teaching, I think manhood is more than just puffing up your chest and being able to defend and putting food on the table. You know, you need to be able to manage relationships. You need to be able to manage conflict. You need to be able to show a wide range of emotion when you're talking to somebody of either the same sex or the opposite sex or of color or of ethnicity or different culture or whatever the case may be. Like there's, there's no room to just think that I am the alpha fuck off and you're everyone beneath me is just beneath me. Um, I think just a greater understanding of other people and being able to listen and just Honestly, just being a good, a good, responsible citizen within the community that you live in, I think is enough is is enough to make any parent or any other person in your life proud of you. What about you, Julian? Okay, so I've I've actually um had this internal monologue quite a few times. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, to me, there's still a little bit of those. Uh, very old-fashioned feelings as far as being a man, uh, you know, as far as being a protector, being a provider. But I don't think that it's an ex exclusively a responsibility that falls on the man, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, especially if you're in a relationship, it's got to be, everything's got to be 50-50. Everything's got to be equal, mm -hmm. uh, one, okay? Um, you have to be, you definitely have to teach by example, especially when you're talking about with small children. Absolutely. You, you have to be that example. And yes, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, I think teaching that verbal Kung Fu and avoiding mm -hmm. the confrontation uh, is better as far as being a provider fiscally speaking. Mm -hmm. Not just monetarily speaking. Mm -hmm. You also have to be an emotional provider. That's where it comes, where I agree with you 100%, where the emotions, because if I'm, you know, the type of person who I am just not show any sort of emotion, then my children are going to learn possibly to be the same way. And obviously, since we've had this conversation already in two other episodes, uh, that could lead to a bad dark places, mm -hmm. not being able to share in that. So those are some of the things that I just kind of feel about it. Yeah, you still have to be a provider. Um, I feel that you still have to be a provider, but you know, it, it, it's not limited and exclusively only as far as money, a home and everything, because now everything is got to be shared. Um, you mentioned uh, earlier, the main breadwinner, that, that's me. I'm the mm -hmm. main breadwinner, but you ask anybody, I'm not bossing this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, man. Even my children tell me what to do at this point. 
<laughs> so I, I have to be able to, and, and that's another thing. Control is a big one. You have to control. You have to be able uh, to control these emotions. Not not control the emotions, but have that control where it's not just that knee jerk reaction, that initial, and that's what I'm gonna do. Um, you have to be able to, um, you know, have plan A, plan B, plan C, plan, you know, quadruple Z. I also think it's important to mention something that I forgot when we were talking about when you asked me about what it is to be a man too. I think also, you know, treating the the opposite sex women with respect, right? Um, I think that plays big, especially in in a lot of different facets in in life. And and I absolutely I understand. And um, so growing up, both my parents. They raised my brother and I to be gentlemen, not just men. So you got to be a gentleman. Same thing with young ladies. You got to teach them how to be lady. So I, I, I 100% agree with you on that one because it's one thing, you know, to be a man and all this, be responsible. But if you're just an asshole and you have absolutely no manners, I mean, I mean, does that make you less of a man? Not necessarily, but I mean, it's, it's when we're talking about, and like you said, relationships, not just personal relationships, but professional relationships, the way that you carry yourself, the way that you um, project yourself also goes a long way as, as whether you're measured up as a man. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's something that, that should be talked about because, you know, it's, it's this whole idea that women can't do anything or they are inferior to men. You know what? It's a hawk of shit at this point. I mean, I think we've all seen women do a lot of amazing things and it it, it should it should be equal. I I know that in my life, right? I don't know about you Julian, but like even within my career um in the workforce, you know, I've I've seen I've seen women get shitted on jokes like why don't you go get me a cup of coffee doll or you're not emotionally strong enough to be a leader get or maybe they might say something to the effect of of challenging their emotions which is i never understood like even in the workplace right like like i don't know about you but like even myself if and i see this all the time men can't ask for help at work like if you tell your boss that hey, I'm having a trouble understanding this, or I may need some help doing this. They basically give you the answer like, "Hey, you got to go figure it out." And though I think in corporate America a lot of that has changed, I think it's still really relevant. You know, I know a couple times where I've been, where I've asked for help in past jobs, and and it's like, dude, like you should just figure it out, or sink or swim. And I don't really think that's a really cool way to, 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 to do things. Uh, and, and yeah, uh, and I think that just goes all over because I, I even seen it. But one, one of the things that you touched upon, I, I really agree with you. And I also wanted to bring up one, um, you know, uh, women who are being successful at their jobs and they're put in a, in a, a leadership role, you know, some sort of position of responsibility. And then, you know, here's typical, something happens, um, you know, she might be upset. And then the very macho, the very toxic masculine man will be like, just another woman in power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've heard that one a million times, just trying, she's just trying to prove herself. You know, now she, she wants to show that she's got the bigger dick than everybody. Yeah. And she's, but if boss. it was a, but if it was a dude that flexed on employees like that, they'd be like, not say anything. They probably straighten up a little bit and be exactly. like, okay. So that's know. one of those things. Now, I'm all for equality. I, I mean, hell. I mean, they opened up, uh, you know, all the, and, and all the branches of the military combat roles have been mm-hmm. open to women, which was never open to women before. And then, you know, we have women going to, you know, ranger school and graduating from ranger school and things like that. So, yeah, they're more than capable of doing those things. I will. Here we go. Hate mail in three, two, one. I'm all for equality, but it's got to be equality for everybody. And this is what I mean. That's if, if, if women want to have the same opportunities as men, one thing that we need to get rid of is women and children first. 
Let the children go. You got to stay with me with that freaking psycho in the bank. Okay? So if you want equality, don't cherry pick, don't nitpick, okay? We're not at a buffet. That's funny. I, you know, I, I don't know. Is that still a thing? Like women and children first? Hell yeah. I, I, is it, I, I don't know. I've, I've only okay, seen it let in me the ask movies. A question. Let, me, let me ask you uh-huh. a question. If your house right now catches fire, uh-huh. who is the last person expected to leave once everybody is out safely? No, fuck that. I'm, I'm going to fireman carry all three of them out of this house. I'm getting out alive. It's one right. way or another. But no, I, but I, 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 I joke, but I see what you're saying. I, like, I'm the one that's expected to if, sacrifice if if, myself. If, yeah. if we're trying to mm-hmm. you know, evolve this idea of, of male and female equality, which I am all for, like mm-hmm. I said, I make the majority of the, mm-hmm. I, I joke around. I say that I'm the king, but I'm more like the royal family. I'm more like the royal family in, in, in you know, United I don't Kingdom. joke. I don't joke around like that. No, I, I, no, I <laughs> completely joke. I, I say I'm the king, but I'm more like a figurehead. Yeah, and then yeah. my wife is, is, is the prime minister because she's the one that really runs the house. Okay. I mean, all I do is pay the bills, to be quite honest. Um, and, and I'm not afraid of, of saying that because my wife is very strong. She didn't need me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, before she met me, you don't yeah. need me now. And it's it, it's it's kind of cool that you you mentioned that because I remember uh, it's probably about a year ago I had a good friend of mine uh, had reached out to me and we were kind of talking through things and he was going through some tough times with his wife and he's like the big problem is that she makes more money than me and I'm like well what's what's the problem like. <laughs> Where's the apron? I'll stay home. Exactly. And, you know, we, we kind of talked to her a little bit. And I was like, dude, like, and, and honestly, like, this particular, this, this, his wife literally made, like, three times more than him. It was a significant amount. So he felt emasculated. Yeah. And he's like, I feel less of a man. And I'm like, dude, but, like, not for nothing. And a couple things I told him was, like, when they first met, she had that job. Right? Like, that was her career. She was ingrained in a career. So I was like. She chose you. She, you know, there's a dating period for a reason to know, to, to, to figure out whether they want to be with you for the rest of their lives. If they're going to marry you. It's that um, trial period. Yeah. You know, she didn't return you and you shouldn't feel that way. Like if she married you and you were a bus boy at a restaurant and she's a doctor, then she was obviously saw something in you, you know, more than just what you put in her pocket. And I told him, I see everything about it, that you give her something more than monetary value. She has that. She's looking, she's looking for something else. She's looking for your companionship. She's looking for a best friend. She's looking for a lover. She's not looking for someone to pick up the tab because she has, she could pick up the tab herself, you know? And I was like, and then just, some. I was like, stop being a bitch, ask for a new Xbox and carry on. <laughs> Man up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um you know it's but you know i but i un, i can see why some people you know you know i think a lot of men in general just want to be useful and and i think that's and, that's also an insecurity um I, I i don't know if he's gone through this but you know uh marcelo i'm sorry i'm not diming you out or anything but you know my brother mm-hmm. i love you you know he's a police officer mm-hmm. very yeah. you know he he's a canine police officer got his freaking fur missile in the back um and you know he's very proud of that his wife Mm -hmm. is a doctor like a legit she's a pediatrician oh wow okay so i mean sometimes he's like oh you know and the same thing i mean they've known each other since like middle school and they're just kind of reacquainted but i'm like dude she chose you just like you said she, she chose to be with you because she she trust me she does not need a man to provide for her right now yeah so let me ask you a question. Do you think masculinity is, is a biological thing or a thing that is curated through society? That's a good question. I think, I think a part of it is definitely biological because um, it, it's, it's a way of, I mean, besides the, at the anatomic level, it's a way of gender differentiation. Mm-hmm. You know, you can tell this is a man, you can tell this is a woman. And, you know, even in, in the animal kingdom, there is yep, very absolutely. clear, uh, defined roles between a male and a female. 
Absolutely. Um, so yes, I, I do feel that is an instinctive. It's an instinct. Um, but it also has a lot to do with, again, that's the nature side of it. It also has a lot to do with the nurture side of it. Because if, you know, I'm being raised as be a man, man up, this is, you know, uh, take the punch in the face, you're a man, <laughs> you're not supposed to show emotion. And that is what's being downloaded into my pristine little hard drive as a five-year-old mm-hmm. all the way through adolescence and everything like that. Well, then that's, you get rewired yeah. that way because that's the way that you think. Um, it's definitely, uh, the, I would probably say that the bigger, uh, variable in that is the nurture side of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think, I think you're absolutely right. I didn't, and that was an excellent point bringing up that throughout all life in, on earth, there is a male and a female and through the animal kingdom and, 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 and all these different species. And we've seen these roles, right? And it's something that is I think is baked into the DNA. And, and don't get me wrong, it, it sucks for a lot of animals because I would hate to come back in my next life as a male praying mantis because... Oh, yeah, poor guys. <sighs> poor guys. Um, but yeah, so... But at the same time, you're right. So when... The, their upbringing has something to do with it too, right? Because humans can be influenced because yeah. we have... We are the more mentally evolved creatures of and animals of, of Earth, and we are aware of and cognizant of our, our own species' feelings, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's something that it should be taken, it should not be taken lightly, the effect as a human you have on another human. And I think, I think now especially in the world that we're living in is it's even more important. It's definitely something that is, that is baked into our genetic code, but it is amplified through the upbringing of, of the young man or young boy. So I'm in the little bit of research that I did. um, I found this quote. We'll put it up on the show notes because there's no way I'm going to be able to, Uh, pronounce this award-winning author's uh, name, but it says, by far the worst thing we do to males by making them feel they have to be hard is that we leave them with very fragile egos. It's true. The The macho, very male, you know, bravado, toxic, masculine being has a very weak ego. Anything insults their ego. That is an excellent point. It is very true. The most, I'm doing air quotes, manliest of men's, that especially that carry that ego, it, it's easily bruised. They are the first ones to, to, to cry about something or bitch about something. Or, and, and, you know, it's easy for us to sit here and talk about, like, say stuff like that, even crack a joke on it. But it's those men. They develop these personalities that they want to treat women poorly, right? You know, maybe one, maybe they don't deal with rejection well. They think they're, they think they're, they're hot stuff. They think they're good looking men. They think they're God's gift to women and to life on earth. Why should they have to deal with rejection? And when they do get rejection, it builds a complex. And if they get rejected again and again and again, that complex becomes stronger and it can lead to very, very bad things, you know, um, sexual assault, um, verbal assault, um, harassment, uh, lashing out violently and, you know, and not just, and not just, not just towards women. I can tell you I've met a lot of men in my time that are just like that. And actually Julian and I, you, you and I both have worked with dudes like this that, uh, have that have very sensitive egos, and when you poke at that ego or you find the flaw with that person and you expose it, whether you're doing it intentionally or intentionally, there I I have seen rage come from individuals like that. Yeah, we're not going to name any names, but one person came to mind as soon as you said that. Yeah, and it's uh, it's, it's sad. 
honestly, and and you know the and the and the crazy part is is that individual doesn't think they're wrong. That's the other part about it too. You know, I it's perfectly fine for them to act this way. It's 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 almost like a sense of entitlement. You're right. You're right. It, it is, and it's it's crazy because you know, I find it really hard to understand people like that sometimes because I've me personally I've always been very self-aware and I think we've talked about this on the show before I've always just known like if I was if I was being a dick to somebody I I, I would go home and then I would kind of replay the conversation I'm like damn dude I'm uh, that wasn't cool of me or if I was disrespectful to somebody or maybe I might have made a comment that was insensitive I always replay conversations in my head during quiet time. And, you know, I've tried as I've gotten older, I've tried to be more intentional of the things that I say and careful. And it's not because I'm afraid to offend anybody or hurt anybody's feelings. It is me being respectful to other individuals. And some people have zero sense of self-awareness. They just are consumed with themselves and like you said their ego and they just they'll carry about their own business they'll say whatever they want they don't care what it is they'll kick over any stone won't leave anything unturned and then they don't care if it if it hurts someone's feelings or what the repercussions are and then there's also other parts about it um you know and again going back to the bruised egos you know if you're one of these people that thinks that they're billy badass and just like i've said always uh, everybody wants to be billy badass until you meet billy badass Mm -hmm. and then when that person's ego is completely squashed because somebody you know beat the crap out of them or whatever um or or their masculinity was not only challenged but they were over masculinized yeah that's a word um then that person all of a sudden everything that they've they lose themselves because like oh man you know this is who i am but you know this person just took that away from me and it could even lead down to you know depression anxiety you know somebody loses their self-worth because all of a sudden same thing you know like um i've seen it happen a lot with men who are married and are very macho, very bravado. And then the wife all of a sudden says, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. I'm out. And they leave with <laughs> the kids. And now this person is like, holy shit. This wasn't ha- was supposed to happen because I'm the man. Yeah. And then they, that could take them into depression, anxiety, and, and just take them down very dark roads as well. And it, that could also be really eye-opening for the individual, too, when you're being left. I mean, granted, uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, it could cause some mental health issues and and lead through, um, you know, could lead to depression and anxiety. But at the same time, I think it's something that there has to be a consequence, right? Like, you know, you can only get away with things like that. And it's no different, you know, like I said before, I think over the last 10 years, we've seen a change on, on things like that, you know, like using slurs. Um, whether like it's a gay slur or, or slur towards women, like calling them, call, you know, using words like bitches and hoes or faggot and things like that. Um, body shaming, um, you know, consent, right. You know, that's been a very, very popular topic, understanding where the lines of harassment are drawn. Um, you know, you know, just, you know, harassment is no longer just physical harassment you know uh, a lot you you can do just as much damage verbally and i think it's rightfully so i think you should not nobody should have the license to just say whatever they want regardless of whatever your interpretation of the constitution is you know there has to be there has to be consequences for actions and for words and it's um it but i think that we're seeing that now i think it's something that that um is slowly shifting in the right direction but at the same time, you know, I also think there's a, all, there's a, a whole side of, uh, there's a whole 
other side that are really still trying to pound that toxic masculinity into fine sand. And then the thing is also what one of the things that I think has uh, um, just kind of adding on to what you said, a lot of these things that we're talking about, you know, as far as sexual harassment, sexual assault, we are taking great leaps and great steps in educating. And we're also encouraging people to come forward when this happens, Mm -hmm. you know, 15, 20, 30 years ago, that's just like one of those things, like kind of like men sharing their feelings. That's just stuff that you don't Mm -hmm. talk about. Mm-hmm. And then, unfortunately, when you get, um, I don't know if, it, if you agree with me or not, but, you know, you get a lot of, like, the older, you know, going back to, like, that example with the Hollywood, you know, Harvey Weinstein. This man has been doing this for decades because he's a man of power. He could get people roles and stuff like that. And they're like, hey, this is, this is how it works, and you're going to get through me. If not, you're never going to work in this town, whatever. It's intimidation. But now somebody just finally said, you know what? Fuck you. Dude, can you, can you just imagine, like, I honestly, up until, up until that story broke, like, I've seen, I've seen some really heinous things that people, in, men in power have done to women, right? And, you know, I, it's just so hard to believe that one man can have so much influence and power I mean, that guy's like a character out of a, a out of a, a, a novel, like a, a supervillain, like a, the closest thing to a real life supervillain, you know, and, and and it's it's disgusting, dude. Him, R. Kelly, all those guys like it's just it's just horrible that you would use your power to influence somebody like that to you know a young impressionable woman that has this dream of of making it big in hollywood being a singer an actor and then she gets to she uses all her money to move from north dakota to los angeles just so someone can influence her and tell her that you know if you want to make it in this life you got to spread your legs yeah I mean, and, and it's and it's sad because she went from casting call to casting couch yeah so it's, it's and it's degrading it's dehumanizing absolutely absolutely it's absolutely and it pisses me off because you know like you said i've always been i was raised to be a gentleman and to have respect for women and you you don't it's just it's not the it's not the right thing to do like it's not human of you like i it's almost like killing somebody you know it's just right up the, like the level of humiliation that you have to put somebody through just so you could feel good for 35 fucking seconds is horrible. Like, how do you sleep at night? I just, I, 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 my heart bleeds for these, these young women and even young men that have gone through it. Cause you know, Terry Cruz talked about going through very similar situations, but you know, even, and then their parents, you know, like, how does that, how does that, how does that person go back home? And and now has to look their friends and families in the eyes, you know, it, and that can destroy somebody and the inside and mentally as well. It's horrible. It comes with it's the lack of awareness. And. I really think that more, you know, more awareness needs to be brought up on these things because, um, hey, listen. If you're a man and you're proud of being a man, awesome. I'm proud of being a man because I know that I, I help provide for my family. I know that I do, you know, for the most part, I'm a pretty yeah. good dude. Um, you know, have I done my crazy shit throughout my life? Yeah, I've done my crazy shit throughout my life, you know. But that helps, um, you, that helps you identify yourself now because you've learned from those things you've done. Exactly. It's and made then, you a better man. Exactly. And now I can teach those things to my children and be like, hey, don't do this, don't do that. Or, you know, I, I could have that understanding if um, if they're going through maybe a, a similar struggle or not. You know, kids don't ever want to relate to their parents. I mean, we went through it. But I mean, it, it's. It's it's that awareness. And then, you know, we just have to evolve. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the. You know perceptions that we have are still very old perceptions because that's what it was passed down from one 
yeah. generation to the next generation. And now we're starting to evolve and, and come out of that, you know, uh, you know, in, in many professional it, with men, you know, the, the stigma of mental health that's saying, hey, you know, if you're asking for help, dude, you're, you're weak, whether you're a man or a woman, that's a sign mm -hmm. of weakness. And no, mm -hmm. it is not. And those are some of the, the, the labels and the stigmas and things that we're, we're, we're trying to. I mean, the end goal is to erase them, but right now we're just trying to bring yeah. awareness to these things because knowing there's a problem is the first step to. Yeah. And, you know, it's honestly, it, it's going to take time. And, and, I, and, and, I, and it's not something that's going to be corrected by listening to this podcast, you know, or reading an article or whatever, you know. The hope is that we are paving the way for the people behind us right? You know, the youth, our own children. And it's important that you instill these values. You know, you don't have to sacrifice your, fa your own family's values in order to teach someone how to be a good human being. You just have to adjust some of the values. You know, some people might think that, that the way they brought up was great. And honestly, you might have a very good point that, you know, that you, your, your upbringing was great. But we lived in, a, you know, your parents lived in a different time, you know, and you use the word evolve and, you know, evolution, people have a tendency to um, use the word evolution and think that it means something long, right? Like centuries upon centuries, thousands upon thousands of years in order for it to happen. And it's not true. You know, you can, you can evolve as an individual. I am not the same man I was in my early 20s. I'm not the same man I was in my early 30s, you know, and I'm sure by the time I reach my late 40s, I won't be the same man I was in my in my early 40s or my late 30s, because I take all those experiences that have, that have I've accumulated over my life that has defined me as a human. And I will dare to say define me as a man. And I will take all that and I will continue to try to be, you know, a role model to not only my son, but, you know, anybody that was willing to listen and doesn't necessarily even have to be someone younger than me. You and I both have had conversations with people who wanted to start podcasts or have had questions surrounding social media or marketing, and we have conversations with them. And just because we're not talking about life in general or manhood or womanhood, we are talking to them about something that's going to help them be a better person or express themselves on a platform or teach them how to grow their business. And that is going to, that right there, showing, giving help, having conversations, being a role model, a motivator, uh, um, just a general person of great positivity and outlook, I think is going to work wonders in. In, for the people that are coming behind us or, and, and, or working towards a better future. It's not like it was back in the day where it was like, hey, slap you in the butt, go get a job, figure it out. You know, back in our, our you know, when we were growing up and even generations prior to that, it was, everything was very cookie cutter, you know, you know the, the American dream, the white picket fence, the, the family, the nuclear yeah. family, so oh. everything was very very oddly for something that's supposed to be very you know chaotic it was very oddly defined this yeah. is what makes you successful this is what it means to be a man this is what it means to do this this is what it means yeah. to do that and now we're i'm happy that we're we're we're, we're breaking of that sh those shackles of defining that so specifically so you know no because um families it doesn't necessarily have to be a man, a woman, and a child. It could be a man, man, child, woman, woman, child. I mean, yeah. we're evolving. We're, we're moving past this. We have to move past these, these labels. And, um, you know, I think we're taking steps. I mean, we're, we're stumbling yeah. along the way. Um, but, you know, we, we've always said it. The, the road to success is not a straight line. Um, there's going to be struggles. There's going to be some, some hardships. But what we need to do is, is, is find that common ground and, and get away from all those very antiquated uh, perspectives. Um, listen, if my mom, if my mom, she's 71, she doesn't need to work anymore. 
if my wife all of a sudden was offered a, a, a position where she was going to make three times what I make right now, hey, give me the apron. You want me to dress up as a French maid? I'll do that too. I have no problem with that. Oh, I'll even man, shave the, my legs. The visual that I just got, I just got ridiculously nauseous. Hey, good luck getting that one out of your head now. <laughs> but, you know, you, you see what I'm saying? There's, there's, there's got to be, uh, and I'm not talking about a, a role reversal, but we have to understand that. Role equality. Role equality. Exactly. That's why I say happy house, happy spouse. Absolutely. So, you know, I think you and I can go on forever for this, but I don't think this topic is dead in the water. This is something that I think that we should definitely continue to talk about. And I would love to, to maybe even get somebody else on the show to kind of talk through this and give us their point of view on this. So we'll definitely work on that for you listeners. But, you know, I do think it's a good stopping point for today's show. And you guys, uh, we appreciate everything and all the feedback, um, the support. Uh, we have gotten a lot of love um, with the new direction of the podcast and format. Um, so please keep the comments coming. You can, if you'd like to drop a comment, you can go to our website, invinciblybroken.com. All of our episodes have the ability to comment and share what you think about the episode. Please, when you have the opportunity, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast as well on any platform that you listen to podcasts to uh, by simply clicking the subscribe button helps us immensely um, as well. You can always follow us on social media. All you have to do is search Invincibly Broken, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can get, get on there, engage with us. We are very active with our listeners and friends, so please join us. Um, you can follow me personally at invincibly underscore Orlando. And you can follow me personally at invincibly underscore Julian. Till next week, have a happy 4th of July. <laughs> <laughs>